0: Welcome to CMU Athletics Connection. I'm Amy Follen, Central Michigan University Zizaleski Family Director of Athletics. From my chair, I have the opportunity to meet so many people who are truly the life of CMU Athletics. And in this podcast, I go behind the scenes to showcase some of the stories that I've seen every day that inspire me. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with two of the storied CMU Athletics leaders, and not only here at CMU, but also into the country. They have been at the forefront of everything that has happened in athletics over the last few decades. Roy Kramer and Kevin White. Roy Kramer spent more than a decade at Central Michigan's head football coach position. During his time, he won an impressive 71.8% of his games, including the 1974 Division II National Championship. After his coaching career, Roy served as the director of athletics at Vanderbilt University from 1978 to 1990, and as the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference from 1990 to 2002. Just last week, he was the second person from CMU to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. He has also been inducted into the Central Michigan Athletics Hall of Fame, the Vanderbilt Athletics Hall of Fame, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, and has received many impressive awards. Last fall, we recognized Roy's contributions, those of his former colleague, Herb Doromedy, by naming our football field as the Kramer Doromedy Field at Kelly Shore Stadium, which we are proud will share their names in perpetuity. Also honored to have Kevin White, who served as Duke University's Vice President and Director of Athletics since 2008. Before becoming administrator, White served as the head track and field coach at Southeast Missouri, assistant cross-country and track and field coach here at Central Michigan from 1976 to 1980. He's also a CMU alum, having earned his master's degree in athletics Administration in 1976. Kevin has also held positions of Athletic Director at Arizona State University, Tulane University, the University of Maine, Loras College in Iowa. He also served in a number of prominent national leadership roles within intercollegiate athletics, including as President of the National Association of College Directors of Athletics and President of the Division A Athletics Directors Association. Roy and Kevin, thanks for joining me here today. Let Let me be
1: here. Thank you.
0: Well, we could have gone forever. I know we shortened all your awards, and it's such an honor to have you two here today. I never had the privilege of working directly with you, but you both have been somebody that mentored me. And I was so impressed, you know, coming to CMU and seeing all the great people. So we thank you for your time today. And um, Coach Kramer, first, we want to congratulate you on your induction to the College Football Hall of Fame last week. Tell us what this honor means to you.
2: Well, it is a a special honor because uh... I thoroughly enjoyed my days coaching, particularly at Central Michigan. In in those years, Uh, we had great people. We had great individual athletes who uh, made it possible, great coaches that helped us. And uh, it was a great time in our life. And uh, to recognize that again is uh, very special to me.
0: Kevin, go ahead and tell us about your time here at CMU as a coach. I think you and I talked about this when you were uh, getting the Homer Rice Award, which is given out to the athletic director who has had a lifetime of achievements. And I've heard you, you've mentored me. You've talked a lot to people that were aspiring ADs about different ways to be successful. And I never heard about your time at CMU. So I was really impressed when I realized you're a coach here and you told me, well, Amy, I only talk about my AD years. I don't talk about my coaching. (laughs) So tell us about your time here at CMU as a coach and what did it mean to you and how did it prepare you to be successful in your career?
1: Let me say a couple of things, Amy. First, uh, I, I want to congratulate uh, Commissioner Kramer, former AD Kramer from Vanderbilt, former head football coach of CMU, uh, Hall of Fame induction. Roy, so well-deserved. Uh, I think during your time, you were the very best football coach in the country. I told you that most recently. When we had dinner. Uh, dude, you had an amazing career. And then you went on and and you kind of reconstructed the entire NCAA by way of the BCS and everything else. And Longtime commissioner of the SEC, and amazing. And also, congratulations on the field naming. Uh, having your name and Herb's name on that field warms my heart. I just think it's so great, and it's uh, it's a great tribute to all the players that, that, that you guys coached. You know, Amy, Jane was the head track coach, uh, women's coach at CMU during our time, and we did reside in Clare, about 13 miles north of, of Mount Pleasant, and we have glorious memories of the student athletes. On Sundays, they would occasionally come out for a long, slow run and jog out to our place. Uh, and uh, even some of the shorter, distance athletes, which was shocking to me as, as one of those former sprinters, and so to speak. But, you know, we had such a great time at CMU. I, I was there with great people. Ted Cohe was the AD. And, of course, uh, Roy was, was our big coach in the, in the department. And there were so many other people that we looked up to. Dave Kylitz and I were colleagues at that point. Uh, Walt Schneider was an assistant basketball coach and and later took a couple courses from Walt as I finished my master's degree. Uh, a woman by the name of Eunice Way was arguably the best biomechanics professor in the country at that point. There was so many great people, Bill Tennyson, who was the dean. and then i was I was hired by a guy named Don Sasma, who was the head track coach at at CMU during that time. And Don was way ahead of his time. He was a sports scientist and coached all over the world, actually. and uh, he was kind of an exercise phys guru uh, and he had a very strong biomechanics background. I couldn't have learned from a better guy at that point in time, having been a high school coach prior to that.
0: And what's one of your best memories here at Central Michigan? You know, the players and the kids
1: and, you know, some of which I, I still have some connectivity to. But I, I think I was thinking about coming on here. Mike Windsor, who was a Michigan product down by, I think he's from Fulton uh, outside of Lansing and uh, Oh, he had the fifth best jump in the world as a, as a freshman. Um, amazing. He went seven, five and a half. Bruno Poletto, who won the NCAA in the shot, who then became longtime strength coach at the University of Tennessee and has built a, a very, very, uh, very strong business since then. Barry Alexia was a hurdler, All-American. Paul Zucker, uh, Steve Benavik, uh Craig Fuller, who later on became the coach at, uh, at CMU. Walt Renth, who just retired, After winning uh, a couple of national championships at Michigan State, was on that team. And then we had a great assistant coach named Raleigh Ranson. And I've already used the sports scientist already for Don. But uh, Raleigh Ranson was a Canadian and was clearly, I think, the guy that I learned the most from in those days. I learned an awful lot about the sport. And being a high school coach, you think you know it all. And, you know, it's largely stay to the left and get back as fast as you can, throw further, jump higher. And that was about the extent of my coaching background before I came to CMU, and I really learned how to coach. They had a, a great impact on me.
0: Coach Kramer, what's one of your favorite memories from your time here at Central? I know you had 10 years, and I know you have a lot of them. Your email still has the Chippewas uh, readily present in the, that that we're proud of, but what is one of your favorite memories that you can give us here in your time with your family?
2: Well, I had so many great memories. Uh, first of all, the memory of uh, this town of Mount Pleasant, which uh, welcomed us and we thoroughly enjoyed it was a great place for our children to grow up they could ride their bikes anywhere in town <laughs> it was a lot different in those days but uh, certainly at Central there were great people as Kevin has mentioned uh, Ted Coheed of course as the athletic director was a great friend Ted hired me in my first job Ted was the head basketball coach and the head football coach at Battle Creek Central High School and I had just finished a master's degree at the University of Michigan and interviewed for an assistant uh, football coach and history teacher. And uh, Ted was the primary one that uh, hired me as an assistant coach at Battle Creek, and where I stayed for a couple of years before moving on to coach at other high schools. So we were very close friends. And, and he was a great uh, comrade during all of those years and a great supporter. And nobody enjoyed <laughs> when Central won in any sport more than Ted did. But there were a lot of great people there. Nora Bovee, who was a vice president of finance for the university and was a great friend and a great supporter when we first built the stadium. Uh, uh, there were so many. Uh, I had great coaches. to have Herb Doromedy, of course. Uh, I hired out of the University High School in Ann Arbor and became not only a good assistant coach, but a tremendous head football coach. And of course, as a member of the College uh, Football Hall of Fame, and uh, went on to win some great games over a lot of Big Ten schools as well as the Mid-American. We had great support staff across the board there that, that made it possible to do some things. Uh, it was a different day. <laughs> we was a much smaller operation, and uh, of course, we started out at the Old Field. I remember that field very vividly up there behind uh, the Old Field House. And uh, I guess that's where the track was. Was Kevin with when you right, were right behind fence? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the football field was inside the track. Yes. And uh, I remember one of the big first games that I had. Well, I had a lot of good games at Central, but one of the big first games we played Hillsdale College. This was before long before we joined the Mid American and homecoming, and uh, they had the biggest crowd they'd ever had at that old field, and they were sitting all around the track. People had chairs sitting on that track. I don't know whether it damaged the track or not, but we had people all over the place. But we continued to grow and, and expand. Of course, one of the great experiences of the time is we were able to join the Mid-American Conference and begin to change from a Division II institution to a Division One. Uh, school, and uh, we had a lot of support there, and Terry Carey, people who helped. Uh, Nor, uh, uh, Bo B was a big part of that. Uh, Lester Ear was a faculty athletic direct uh, uh, person at that time, faculty representative, and uh, he was a great supporter as we moved forward in that progress. Of course, the, the 1974 team, which won Division Two National Championship, uh, uh, beating Boise State and uh, Louisiana Tech and finally Delaware in the championship game out in California, uh, was a great experience, not just because of the game and the, the notoriety it had, but because it uh, seemed to really mold the support of that community. Uh, they, they uh, I remember, I'll never forget. They hired an airplane to fly over the stadium out there in Sacramento with the banner, fire up chips, and uh, uh, we had a tremendous uh, delegation of people, uh, including the CMU band, uh, made it all the way to California for that game, and it was a, a a very special moment in time, certainly for that football team and those players who were great, led by Mike frankovic who was our quarterback and. Smoke Hodges, our running back, and we had some great linemen, Rick Newsom and, and um, John Newman, and uh, so many great players, but we had a lot of good players through the years I have, that are still around, and I've heard from a lot of them recently after that Hall of Fame thing, the Markey brothers and Steve Lockman and the, the guys that were there in the early days before we had uh, the facilities and and the advantages that came as we moved along, so I have a, an enormous number of great memories of that uh, time and that uh, football period, as the university itself, is, and in particularly the the, the town uh, uh, which had great people who were great supporters of our program in those days.
0: Well, when you say it's a different operation. I'll tell you, it's a great town to bring up your family and community. There's still incredible people achieving great things and there's so much of it in the small town It can't fit it all into a short amount of time. So as even though things have changed, I think the essence and the core of this place is still the same. And so both of you have gone on to uh, tremendous careers. Tell us about your time here at CMU and how prepared you for success in college athletics. Coach Kramer, what do you think that CMU gave you as you went on to the highest ranks? Uh, You know, DeLostad said to me, nobody's done more intercollegiate athletics than Roy Kramer has. And so you started, you know, your career before here, but this was a big part. What do you think that CMU did for you in your time here to take you to the highest ranks and help shape this whole intercollegiate athletics experience for all of us?
2: Well, that's hard to define in a few words. Uh, I think one of the things that I gradually and not gradually, but uh, almost immediately began to understand was how significant the athletic experience is to the young people who participate. And the fact that you can be a part of that and see them grow over that four-year period, see them understand what it took to strive for excellence. To see them develop as young people and young men and young women, I think gave me a, a desire to continue to, to work in the in the world of intercollegiate athletics. There are a lot of concerns about the intercollegiate world today, and always have been, but the one thing that has never changed, regardless of whether it was in the 1960s and 70s or whether it's today, is the intense competition, the intense desire to strive to win. Uh, I watch these games today and with all of the issues out there, the NIL and the portal and everything else, the games are still great. The excitement on the sideline is still there. The emotion of being a part of a team and understanding what it takes to win as a team. One of the great things about the game of football is how you mold together young men from all sorts of backgrounds, from the small towns of the Upper Peninsula to the downtown city high schools of Detroit and mold them together in a common experience and a common desire to succeed, I think came to me and I realized it more and more as I was central and gave me a desire to continue to work in that field of intercollegiate athletics.
0: It is a special place and Kevin, we talked uh, both of you been at the top, very top of your game. And Delos, I mentioned has been a mentor, but AD at Texas for 34 years. And about you, he said, there's nobody better in this business. And um, he doesn't give out compliments lightly, So that shows what high esteem regard. And I know your thought about that by a lot of your peers. And uh, you have a tremendous tree from, gosh, I don't think we can get through all the ADs, but you have the AD at Stanford, you mentored, Cindy Barber just retired, who had been the AD at Cal and Penn State. Um, I know you've got sons in the business. We got two that are ADs and a head basketball coach. Like Your imprint is just infinite. What do you think your time at CMU did to help you be successful and prepare you for all that was ahead of you in college athletics?
1: Amy, as I listened to Roy speak, I got goosebumps, first of all, to be on this podcast with him and you is is a real honor for me. And let me just say, I think I was molded by way of the culture at CMU. Again, I was a high school coach, transitioned to to college athletics and really got my my opportunity at, at Central Michigan and was around uh, you know a kind of a cross-pollinating can do it without all the resources bells and whistles culture we could find a way and it was Dick Parfit it certainly was Roy Kramer it was Dave Kylitz it was so many people but Ted Coheed did a really good job kind of masterminding it at least during my time I transitioned from from Florida and brought a bunch of kids with me you know, I think if it was a different day, there would have been a massive NCAA investigation, quite frankly. We had all these Florida kids that we brought to Mount Pleasant, Michigan. It was it was incredible. But and I think about the, the unique relationship that we had with football, which has always been really important to me. You know, we had Tyrone Willingham at Notre Dame, and I first met Tyrone on Roy's staff as a as a graduate assistant. And then later when I'm at Arizona State, Tyrone's the head coach at Stanford. And so I had that opportunity to to really kind of get involved with football. And I had been a high school football coach down in Florida as well, way back. But we had, you know, in in terms of dual sport athletes, we had two or three that jump out at me, Brian Blank, uh, Roy and I just had dinner at Knoxville not long ago. Mike Ball uh, were two of our great sprinters uh, during my time at, at CMU that were football players. I had the opportunity to tutor a lot of guys that were very aspirational to go on from Central Michigan to play at the next level. And I remember vividly my relationship with the late Mose Verizon uh, was one, uh, but you know, I was the kind of the sprint hurdle guy and the speed enhancement guy. And I didn't even know what I didn't know quite frankly, but uh, I had great opportunities with lots of terrific kids, but I always loved my relationship with football and have and all the way through, I was an AD for 38 years. And I was a coach for nine before that. But uh, I, I think what really molded my, you know, my future was my ability to kind of take that culture that, uh, that I experienced at CMU and try to transport it to other places, find how to do it, even though the odds may be stacked against you. And, you know, I, I was at a lot of places where we didn't have all the resources. If you look at my list and a lot of the young people that I had that were kids when they came on and joined our team, our administrative team, and it went on and there's 32 of them now at different places or, or were at one point, representing about 70 institutions. They all did, the, a lot of them played the under-resourced, find a way, build a culture system that we learned, quite frankly, from Ted Covey, Roy Kramer, and maybe Dick Parfit and uh, and uh, and other Steve Kylitz. And I learned that all at, at CMU, and I'm very proud of what I learned at CMU.
0: Well, you guys would be proud. We're one of 12 schools with no major infractions case. So you also laid the foundation for integrity here. And uh, you said the ingenuity and creativity comes and it it comes with high integrity. So I hear you both talking a lot about people. And that's the consistent theme that you guys kind of go through. And it's amazing that this place always continues to attract some of the greatest people um, to help shape it. And I don't think that's a mistake. That is one of the gems about this place. Kevin, working through college athletics for the decades, now we see a lot of transitions happening. And I think this is always the loss and say, hey, that's always the question. It's what are you guys going to figure out this next generation? There's always challenges. But looking at the landscape right now, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that you would be tackling if you were in this chair as AD at CMU?
1: Well, you know, the challenges uh, within college athletics haven't really changed all that much, quite frankly, fundamentally. I'm teaching an MBA class. I taught my class this morning, and I I, I talked about the challenges this morning as I see them. The three biggest is maintaining the appropriate balance between academics and athletics. I'm just worried about a massive, non-reconcilable divorce between athletics and the academy at some point. We're moving, we're becoming so commercialized to this point. I think we're putting ourselves athletically speaking at risk. So the balance, keeping an appropriate balance and staying as a you know, an appropriate member of the academy, I think is really important. Second one is the compliance issues. You know, we worked so hard for so many years, you know, building barbed wire fences around the, the big issues and trying to preserve what we at least thought was something on the order of a level playing field. And, and now we've taken the guardrails down and we've been so permissive in recent years that there's really no way to put to reestablish guardrails. At least I don't see them uh, in front of us. Uh, the new NCA president has got his hands full as he, as he comes into this thing. So the second biggest challenge I think, and has been for my whole time has been compliance. And the third one is economics. You know, a lot of these schools are outspending what they're able to generate in revenue. And uh, there's a lot of gimmicky financing in college athletics, let's, let's call it what it is. And it's large student fee bases and there's tuition waivers and or state appropriations in some places. It's like the the bar scene from the movie Star Wars, different size, shapes, and colors, public, private, large market, small markets, faith-based. And we're all trying to do kind of the same thing. And it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult. It's never been more difficult. The NIL without guardrails is a pay-for-play system. I'm gonna say that openly. I'm I'm really disdained for where we ended up there uh, without guardrails. And then the, the whole transfer portal is a joke. Kids, we're going to see graduation rates negatively impacted at some point the way kids are jumping around. And the system's almost encouraging that kind of lack of commitment. And I, I don't think those are, those aren't
0: the kinds of things that we all got into this to teach. Thanks, Kevin. You always are on top of the issues and uh we're gonna miss having you solve them, but you can keep mentoring all of us as we get through this. Commissioner Kramer, I don't think a lot of people know, but I call you about every two weeks, don't I? And, and you know, you've had a good perspective we've talked, here. We've
2: talked a few times. We've talked a few times.
0: And, uh, you know Kevin I, is
2: absolutely right. Uh, he's, he, he hit the nail on the head. I say to myself, I'm sort of glad that I was in the, the world a little bit earlier because it was a different world and I hope we don't lose that world completely as we move forward. The legal issues have pushed it that direction. People who have no understanding of intercollegiate athletics from the outside have put enormous pressure to make those changes. And as a result, we've, we've changed the model, we've changed the culture to no degree. And I think uh, in the process, we've lost a little bit, as Kevin has said, of, of the intent of uh, athletics being a part of the the true educational system in the country. I think athletics offers an enormous opportunity for education. I've always said I think it's probably one of the greatest laboratories for sociology of any place that occurs on a campus, but I hope we can find some way to maintain that uh, ideal as we move forward.
1: Let me say this, Amy, before you jump to the next question or topic, and I don't mean to to insert this, you know, we would be in a much better place if Roy, uh, Kramer, obviously Gene Corrigan, the Dodds, and Cedric Dempsey were still back in play. We really miss that level of leadership at the moment.
0: Well, we're glad to have you guys both today. Cause you're both, you guys were both there as well. And, um, looking at CMU for my chair. So what do you see for the future of CMU athletics? If you're in this chair right now, what are you doing?
1: You know, I, I don't mean to jump in again, but it's, uh, I think it's a great school. I love the, uh, the area in which it's located. The state of Michigan offers an awful lot. During my time back in the 70s, CMU was red hot. Uh, 16,000 enrollment. And, and when uh, a late application came in, I'd have to go to admissions and beg to get one more or, or two more in. And now we're, we're fighting enrollment issues from what I hear. Uh, at a lot of schools in, in a lot of the states, you know. But uh, I just think it's a great, great institution. And um, and I love the commitment to athletics. And athletics at Central has always been really married to, I think, the academy. And I don't think that'll ever change. And, and, and I hope to God it doesn't change, quite frankly, because we've got we've got to maintain that. I think that's critical. You know, if we go to a, a living room and we get a kid to take an official visit and we tell them it's going to be transformational, we're going to give them a life-changing experience, Then we got to over-deliver. And if we don't provide the educational part of this thing, we're really under-delivering. And so, but I think CMU is positioned to continue to do that at a really high level.
0: Yeah, no, we continue to have great faculty, great staff and a great educational experience where they get division one experience with a family feel. So those those core values have continued to change and you're right, it's still an incredible experience and incredible value. Commissioner Kramer, I get to ask you this question a lot. So uh, CMU athletics for the future. If you're sitting here as the uh, Zuzaleski Athletic Director, what are you working on today in 2023?
2: Well, I think to a degree, Central is fortunate to be in a in a great conference. I've always had a great deal of admiration for the for the Mid American because they they truly, uh, as Kevin said, are able to to mold the the athletic program into the academic setting that it should be. And as a result, I think. Uh, <laughs> While you strive to be the best you can possibly be, while you strive to be able to compete at the Division I level, you also are able, uh, I hope, to be able to maintain uh, that culture that I felt at Central when I was there. When I arrived at Central, there were about 7,000 students at Central, I believe. It grew considerably while I was there, obviously. And the athletic program grew with it. But it it had a... uh, sort of a homogeneous culture to it that molded it into a, an understanding that when you received that scholarship to come to Central, you were also receiving an opportunity to, to get that diploma and to move on into the adult world with, and have success because of your background academically at that institution. One of the great rewards of coaching is to see those young men, who, they were young men when I coached them today, they're 70 and 80 years old, I hate to say that, but to see their success, to enjoy their success in life is one of the great rewards of being a coach. Uh, you know, one of the great memories I have of, of Central Michigan was the day we opened uh, the stadium. We played Illinois State, year was what, 72 or three, and in those days, our uh, locker rooms and so forth were uh, early on, were over at Rose uh, Center because we were still building the locker rooms and so forth. But I walked across the, the field, which is now, of course, a, a huge parking lot there with the lake and so forth. And I remember uh, arriving up there at the uh, north end zone and standing on that hill and looking back uh, toward the campus. And as far as I could see, uh, there was a line of students coming toward the stadium. I've never forgotten that experience because to me, that's where we should be at intercollegiate athletics. We should be a, a viable part of the student life on that campus. And somehow I felt that Central Michigan had that culture. And I believe it still has that culture as it moves into the future. And don't ever lose that because that's the heart of what we should be about in intercollegiate athletics.
0: You know, Commissioner, um, you're so right. The fan experience is always a top priority for college athletics programs. And here at CMU, the, one of the things that attracted me to it is it has had that strong sense of community and it would have full stadiums where not every school at this level did have that. And so as we evolve through these next years, what are your suggestions? What should we be doing Um I know you've done this for many years, so I'm pulling on your guys' insights. How do we continue that uh, here at CMU? We have 230,000 living alums, which I was super impressed at that number as well. That is a huge footprint um, for this great mighty institution. There's a lot of people it's touched. And so we've got this stadium and I think filling it is uh, not beyond our reach, nor is it for all of our other 17 sports that we sponsor here to get their support for what these great young women do um, in the classroom and on the field. But as this evolves, and the fan experience is one thing that's been transforming as everything does. What insights do you have for us here at CMU that we continue to do to keep our core, but also evolve and advance as things always do?
2: Well, obviously, uh, being able and yeah, and I commend you, Amy, because you've you've gone the extra mile to reach out uh, to those uh, exceedingly large number of alumni. And that's one place I think uh, Central has been a little bit behind the scenes, uh, not staying with those people and keeping them involved uh, with that university. I think I've never met anybody that went to Central Michigan that wasn't really proud they went there, and to be able to build on that and to build on that pride and keep those people involved. And it's hard, I know it is, and you work at it, and some days you think you're not making much progress. but Gradually, I think that is an area that you need to build more and more on at Central, not just to the athletic department, but to the university as a whole, to maintain that relationship with those people. Because if you go down that list of alumni from Central Michigan, it's probably as impressive as any school you can find. Uh, the enormous success that their alumni have had and to maintain that tie with those people So that there is that common bond, I think, is is an enormous project, not only for the athletic department, as I said, but for the whole university.
0: Kevin, do you have any thoughts on the evolving fin experience and as a prominent alum of CMU? Well, I don't know how prominent, but I, I would say the two
1: things that jumped to mind and Roy just said it well, I can't say it better connectivity, it needs to be a priority. That's a big number, 230 or 240,000. That surprises me. At Duke, we're sitting at about 180,000, quite frankly. Uh, so that's a, that's a really, a pretty, a pretty good size number. And I suspect a lot of them are geographically based in that part of the country. You know, we're, we're all over the place, meaning Duke. But uh, I, I suspect there's a, a high cohort or a large cohort of CMU grads within, within the, the footprint, the immediate footprint. Uh, the other thing, so uh, connectivity and then I, I think we've all said it in our own way, you know, authenticity, maintain who we are, what we are, let's maintain the, let's continue to try to be the be- very best version of our, of ourselves as a school. CMU's got a lot to be proud of, Roy just talked about, there's a, I don't know that anybody's got uh, a, a better a list of prominent alums uh, than, than CMU uh, have gone off and gone on into uh, so many different fields that I continue to, to kind of stumble upon or read about or whatever and that are really having high impact, but very best version of yourself, being authentic, being true to yourself and, and really working at the connectivity and you've done a lot of that Amy already. And, and I think we've got to continue to take that to the next level. That's the future of a place like CMU to kind of maintain the level
2: of thinking athletically, the, the level of competitiveness that, that existed within that program. You know, Amy, uh you're very fortunate in a sense because you're working with a group of people who probably I know I'm prejudiced you know as an old coach and athletic director but there's hardly any single group and I would stand on this strongly that is more loyal to the school to which they attended and got their degree and so forth than the student athlete the student athlete experience extends beyond the classroom, beyond athletics. It extends to a feeling of of loyalty that is hard to match by any other group of people who move across a campus. And those people maintaining their connection and maintaining their historical relationship with that university is very, very significant because they can be as strong a group as you'll ever work with
0: you're right. Kind of once leaders, always leaders. And so that, that stays with us. And you too have had, you talk about influence and coach, you talked about it and Kevin, you talked about it. It's the people the young people, but coach, you talked about now how they're all grown men and, you said some in their you know 70s and up, but the influence that you had on them um, is one that I keep hearing over and over again. When people come back, they always talk about their coaches and the people that invested in them. Can you tell us about somebody who's maybe had a special influence in your life? And I know you probably both have had many, but maybe one or two that come to mind that um, really uh, had an imprint on you because you've done that yourself. So I'm sure you you, you learned that from somebody along the way.
1: Amy, may I jump in here? I want to say something that, I, that maybe Roy won't say, but he should say. Sarah Jo was the number one woman in the history of college athletics. She was the queen of college athletics. Nobody warmed the hearts of people around the country like, like Sarah Joe. And uh, Roy had a great partner, a brilliant partner. And I was fortunate. I have, I've had a really good partner and somebody that's coached. And Jane was actually a better coach than I was. But, uh, but Sarah Jo, she was at the top of the mountain, and, uh, and she's had an enormous impact on every place they've been. And I've been around all those places at those different times. And, uh, and, and a lot of it started, I think, in his high school experiences, and then on to CMU and, and Vanderbilt and SEC and the rest. It's just amazing. But he had a great partner, world-class, Kevin, Thank we've heard
0: you. that many a times. Sarah Jo came up a lot when the field got named. And I hear that in this community all the time. And I I know I was a young graduate student at the University of Georgia coming through when they were leading there. Um, but Sarah Jo is somebody that comes up. So we know that was part of the, the specialness about the Kramer family. So I appreciate you saying that. And, and Commissioner Kramer, the influential people in your life, we've covered Sarah Jo, but you have a lot more to add in that well, area. Think-
2: I thank Kevin for saying that, but you know, one of the th- unique things is I've heard from so many this past week or so, since the, uh, the hall of fame thing announcement, I rarely have one of those guys calls that uh, uh, don't mention Sarah Joe. She was there. She would, <laughs> we'd come back on those bus trips from Western Illinois or somewhere at about four o'clock in the morning. And Sarah Joe would always be there to greet them. And uh, they never forgot that. And she's, spent a lot of time with their parents as well. But uh, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, I talk to people from now and then, the younger people who are in intercollegiate athletics, I think one of the things that we miss today, particularly as you get to the larger programs, is they were so large and were so commercial, as Kevin said, that we have so many people that we delegate things to that sometimes we lose that contact with the, the ordinary people. And, uh, I think one of the great things in Kevin's day and in my day is that, you know, uh, if we got to state and there was, there was nobody there, uh, <laughs> we stepped forward, we took tickets or we, uh, ran the program or we, uh, Helped uh, organize the stadium on Saturday or whatever the fact may be, you know, you, you were just a part of everything. And I think, uh, we need that in the leadership and athletics. We need to not compartmentalize ourselves. So one of the things, and I think Kevin was aware of this, it's central. All of the coaches knew each other. We knew each other. We knew their athletes. They knew our athletes. Uh, we got together as a as a family, and I think we lose that today. And I've said that to quite a few young athletic administrators that when you lose that, you lose a, a feeling of continuity, a feeling of loyalty, a feeling of being a part of something that's bigger than just yourself or your program. And I think uh, we need to somehow get back to that, because I think that was one of the great things about Central, is that we had that kind of a culture, and I think it still exists there today.
0: You're right, and that is, uh, and it's refreshing to hear you guys say that. I know, and I've experienced it here since uh, 2020, although i had met a lot of folks through the through the years, you know, it's a big mark to try to step in and, and keep this place uh, moving forward with what you guys said as a bar but we probably do it every day and it's an honor and a pleasure so we talked about this great footprint this university has you two are a testament to that and we've talked about the landscape shifting and one of the things that i wanted to ask you is your advice that you have for those who are aspiring college athletics administrators so those do we have a great sport management program here at cmu um, we continue to have a great pipeline and we rely on a lot of them to help Keep our department moving and being a leader in the MAC. And uh, you two have gone on and seen the very best that there is to offer at the highest ranks and been a part of that. So, what advice do you two have for those who are aspiring to be college athletic administrators?
1: Well, I, I think jumping into one of those uh, those graduate programs is a is a pretty good place to start. And CMU was one of the first four, five, or six programs in the country, as I remember. Back in the mid-70s. There weren't Ohio, you didn't exist then, University of Massachusetts, obviously uh, University of Central Florida who's hot now, Arizona State didn't exist then. You know, but the, the really hot one early was CMU. And it was kind of the combination of talented professorial types in physical education and folks that had been coaches that found their way to teaching slots at CMU. And I mentioned a few of them earlier. You know, Walt Schneider would have been one, Eunice Way. Uh, Waldo Sauter was another one that I remember, but this was just some great professorial types that had a huge interest in, in athletics. And so for a young person today, get into one of those programs, become part of a network and then find an opportunity hopefully where you can work for somebody that's got a, maybe a track record of advancing people that want to be upward, upwardly mobile that are aspirational and, and get into one of those kinds of programs that, that kind of puts people out and, uh, it, you know, like anything else, you be, be a student of of the exercise of, of your future. Don't let it be happenstance. Kind of work hard at scripting it, but get with good people, get into the right location, and find opportunities. And as Roy kind of said in his last couple of minutes, there, be willing to do anything and everything. You know, and just to learn as much as you can, cross pollinate yourself at every at every turn and there are great opportunities in the future in this profession. We, again, you look at athletic departments around the country. I don't know, Amy, how many, what your staff number is, but at, at Duke with campus rec and Amarillo's club sports and the golf it's about 300 people, a lot of jobs. And um, you know, I, I suspect Gene Smith's got 450 people over there at Ohio state, but there are a lot of jobs and a lot of entry-level jobs, but get yourself, get, get your pedigree, get your, get into a grad program and then find the right, the right opportunity that fits you, your aspiration with people that have the history of, of kind of investing in you.
0: Well, I don't know if anybody has a more qualitative or quantitative tree than you do, Kevin. So that's great advice for us to hear on that today because you, like I said, I don't even think we can cover everybody that you have that's in the chair from the highest ranks on through. Um, and that's great advice. Commissioner Kramer, what advice do you have for those who are aspiring college athletics administrators Well, first of all, I would uh,
2: don't ever forget whatever your job is, whatever your job description is, that the reason you're in that position is because of the young men and the young women who are athletes at that particular institution. You're never bigger than them. You're never larger than them. If you're a fundraiser, you're a fundraiser because you're helping support the young people that are there. If you're in some type of financial position as a business manager or whatever it is, you're managing that business in order to make it the best possible experience you can have for the student athlete. And get to know your student athletes as you walk across that campus. I don't care whether you're the football coach or the athletic director or the associate athletic director. If you meet Mary Smith and she's a part of the soccer team, you know Mary's name. And you speak to her and you make her feel important. You make that connection with the student athletes so that they have a feeling that you're there for them. And that it enormously helps your program grow and gives your school a unique position that doesn't exist on many campuses. And I would certainly join with uh, Kevin and I've said to the young people all along the way, I don't care where you get hired. I don't care whether you're a grad assistant whether you're the third fourth person in the <laughs> in the equipment uh, area of the university whatever it is just because it's not your job description don't be afraid to do it i'll never forget <laughs> one time at vanderbilt we were having a baseball game and uh, our ticket people didn't show up the two or three people that were normally there and i took my business manager and myself and we went over and sold tickets for the baseball game in the ticket office. You know, there is no job beneath you as an athletic director. There's no job beneath you as, a, as a, the head of the but there's no job beneath you in whatever position you have as a head coach. There's no job beneath you. If you have to help fix up a locker room, help fix up a locker room. If you have to help in some way uh, get a training facility better, that's part of your job. It's not beneath you. It's just because you were hired as the head coach. And I think the more you can do that, the more opportunities you'll have to advance because in your background is an experience of doing everything.
0: Well, great advice. And I am honored to have you both here today to share your insights with us. It doesn't get better than this. Is there anything we haven't covered that you want to share with us today?
1: Amy, I I just want to say once again, thank you for having me, and it's quite an honor, uh, especially to to kind of sit alongside of Roy Kramer on uh, on this podcast.
2: Amy, Uh, I want to thank you too, and it is an honor to be with Kevin. Kevin has seen all sides of the program. He's one of those people that has has been there from from being the (laughs) marking the track and carrying the hurdles onto the track to to being athletic director at a Notre Dame or a Duke, and so uh, I. I really appreciate those kind of people who came up through the rights and who understood what it was to, to, to do those types of things in order to make the event occur and in order to allow the student-athlete to have an experience.
0: Well, we are 100 strong in our staff. So you asked kind of what size staff. Oh. we have? That's we, and we have an incredible staff. As you see, they can maneuver if you have to move a full game in one week. I think we we're the only people to do that. And so it doesn't matter how many we have, we have the right ones, and we have a great, hardworking staff that has not changed. And I think we do have some of the future Roy Kramers and Kevin Whites here at CMU today. And I'm glad that you guys still keep the maroon and gold spirits going wherever you go and helping fix the industry because, you know, being part of CMU, I don't think it ever leaves you. I'm honored to be a part of this family and uh, this rich tradition in athletics. And um, Commissioner Kramer, I actually got to see uh, Commissioner Sankey at the NCAA convention recently, and he said, you know, Roy Kramer's on my Mount Rushmore. He's a very, very top. Um, So you set the bar, but you continue to grow and develop people. And I think both of you, um, the theme of people and the strong feeling of community and taking care of each other at CMU. I can see uh, why your imprint is here and continue to take that out and uh, carry that with you. But it's still the core of who we are at CMU today. So thank you for being a part of that and uh, authentically portraying what we all know about CMU. And Kevin, it's good to have you connected back. Commissioner Kramer, it's good that we've got to honor you as well deserve uh, in this lifetime achievement and legacy that we have your name on the field. And we'll be celebrating you in the National Football Foundation induction later on uh, this coming year. And uh, it's my honor to have you both here. We wanna thank the listeners. Again, they mentioned supporting CMU student athletes. The Chippewa Fund.com is where you can go to support all of our student athletes and their pursuits in the classroom and on the field and into the future as successful uh, people and professionals. And then opendoors.com, search Central Michigan University. This is for any name, image, and likeness deals that you might wanna do with our student athletes. And if you have a story you'd like to share with me for a possible future podcast, please reach out to me on Twitter or by email at athleticdirector at cmesh.edu. We appreciate the CMU family here listening from some of our very greats. It's always a great day to be a CMU Chippewa. Fire up chips.